Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, está escuchando Soy Violento Soy Macabro Podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Dee. Y hoy Dee les contará de un caso que sucedió en Aurora, Colorado. Raising a child can come with hardships, whether it's providing them with a good upbringing, their economical needs, and most importantly, the amount of love and compassion you give them. But what happens when all their needs aren't met or when they're not enough? Today, we talk about the tragic case of Yoon Mi Hoi and her daughter, Isabela Guzman. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. I want to start off by saying that this case has been kept under the rug a bit when it comes to the information that we are provided. Um, as much research as I did, looking through articles and videos, a lot of the information about Isabella and her family's past has been kind of not talked about, even when it comes to their interviews or any sort of articles with like the parents or like family friends all of them are like very minimal so if you see videos or um articles it, it it's very repetitive because not a lot of new information has been out there about this case isabella guzman was born on june 1995 in aurora colorado she was born into a family of just her and her parents. Her mother is Yoon Mi Hoi, and her father is Robert Guzman. Isabella Guzman was their only child, so all of their attention and focus just went to her. Sadly, Yoon Mi and Robert got divorced shortly uh, after Is Isabella was born. So she was still in her like toddler age when they separated. And family and friends reported that Isabella was a very troubled from a young age. That she would always get into fights or in arguments with other children. During her time in grade school, it also appeared that she didn't really enjoy school. She didn't like studying. She didn't like just going to school, period. And also she was known to get really bad grades because of it. According to her stepfather, Ryan Hoy... The teenager had been a challenge. 
His wife had sent Isabella to live with her biological father, Robert Guzman, when she was like around seven years old. And then she was returned to her and she was still being difficult. So both Robert and you and me could never take full control of the situation when it came to their daughter. She was just very hard to 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 raise, whether it was tantrums, whether it's um, fights with them or just start any sort of argument or fight, whether it was a little or a big argument or about small situations or big situations. There was always arguments with her, even when she was little. So it's like a pattern that kept going on as she grew older. Aunque la relación con Isabella y su papá, it was a better relationship than the one that she had with her mother. Ella no veía a su papá tan seguido. Most, most of the time she spent it with her mom um, and her stepfather. So when her mom actually began to date Ryan Hoy and decided to get married with him, no le cayó bien. Ella luego, luego empezó a discutir, a pelearse con ellos dos y no le gustaba que... Ryan was, you know, taking the place of, of her father in the household. According to different sources, Yunmi and Robert were both artists. And they both owned a studio together. They had bought it when um, Isabella was still small. And when they got divorced, they didn't want to sell it because... They didn't have the like the money to sell the the place, or to for one of them to get out of the business. So they instead they they bought the studio together. When they got divorced, they decided to keep using the same studio, and you know just work in the same environment. So to me, as a as an outsider, to see that you, me, and Robert were still working together, co-parenting together. It's a perfect situation, but se llevaban bien entre ellos dos. Yeah, they 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 would talk to each other. They like when it came to Isabella, they would visit each other's homes. Like even Ryan like respected Robert, and like they didn't have any sort of oh. conflict together. But it, Isabella was the only one that just didn't like the fact that her mom was dating somebody else, that they were both in this business together, that. Any little thing to her, it was an issue. My therapist brain is going like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's, yeah. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't take her to therapy when she was, cuando estaba chiquita. No, no. Este es un mensaje for all you parents out there. Mm-hmm. Please, if there's, if you're seeing, si están viendo problemas con sus niños, y es algo that's getting out of your control, busquen ayuda. Take please. them to therapy. Yes. Llévenlos a terapia. Pregunten en la escuela. Miren, vean si, si tienen like, ayuda en la escuela. If there's like school counselors, please do something to help them. Exactly. Support, support them because ese comportamiento, it's just red flags. Hay algo está pasando. Exactly. As artists, both of her parents didn't have much income. And for them, it was very difficult to get enough money to provide Isabella with, you know, the luxurious things that she wanted growing up. Whether it was a specific type of clothes or like shoes or the latest toy, Mm. they couldn't afford it. But when they could, they would give it to her. And again, Isabella hated the fact that her parents could not provide that for her with the income that they did have. Uh, Robert actually was quoted saying that she was really a hardworking woman. She tried really, really hard for her family, but Isabella didn't appreciate anything she did for her. As much as Yunmi would give to her daughter, Isabella always found it not to be enough. According to reports, Yunmi and Robert were both Jehovah's Witnesses and would force Isabella to attend church and be part of their religion. In other reports, she is stated to have hated being a Jehovah Witness. She hated going to church. She hated being part of it. So she decided to leave the church at the age of 14 years old. 
and their parents weren't happy about it. Mm. Her aunt, Melanie Guzman, said she was the typical teenager when she visited the family. She recalls that Isabela could get angry, but never violent. It never was, she never was violent because it was outside of her character. Melanie also told the Denver Post, quote, her demeanor is pretty sweet. She's very coquette, and I can see her yelling and storming off and locking herself in her room and turning her iPod. But it never got violent. Isabella eventually dropped out of Outland High School, and the conflicts became even more intense. Isabella had grown more threatening and disrespectful towards her mother, and it even pushed further, and it became disrespectful to Ryan as well. Neighbors have reported men jumping through their backyards from Yoon Min's home. Ryan Hoy would tell Yoon Mi that Isabella would bring guys home and she would sleep with them and then they would escape through the backyard and jump through their neighbor's backyard. This would eventually cause more arguments with Ryan, Yoon Mi, and Isabella. It is said that Yoon Min had grown to be scared of her daughter's outburst and rage. Yoon Mi eventually told her father, Robert, to talk to her to her daughter and make her understand that what she was doing was wrong. According to Ryan, Yunmi was frightened of her daughter and she even asked him to sleep with her in the bathroom and lock themselves in there to avoid any sort of outburst from wow. Isabella. Era intense, entonces. It, yeah, it, it was really bad. According to Robert, he had paid a visit to the house to talk to Isabella three hours before the 911 call was made on August 28th. He had told News 9, quote, I went to talk to her because her mother was worried and wanted me to talk to Isabella. So I went to talk to Isabella and we sat down in the backyard looking at the trees and the animals. And I started to tell her about the respect that she needed to respect her elders and her parents. And I was trying to let her know that she should be obedient and not rebellious, that she should try to listen more. And everything was going fine in the conversation. I thought I had made progress, but obviously it didn't do nothing. Wow. Y Isabela era irrespetuosa con todos, con todas las personas, las maestras, los maestros, like... With everyone or más con la familia? They didn't say, like, okay. on the on the articles. But mm -hmm. from my understanding is that she just didn't care. She would skip classes, not go to school. So she wasn't really there for, like, teachers mm -hmm. to witness any sort of bad behavior. She was the most, the outbursts were, were seen mostly through her family, her mom and Ryan and her dad. Um, other family members and friends would say that she was just very, she had a lot of rage, but it never got violent. But at home, it was a different story. Hmm. During this conversation, conversation with her father, Isabella opened up about getting sexually abused by different family members when she was younger. And about the conflicts she was facing with her mother and Ryan. She went on to say that she couldn't live with them anymore. And her father told her to hold on a bit longer and work and save up money. And then maybe she could move out and, and you know, start a life where she wasn't at home. Wait, ¿cuántos años tenía aquí Isabela? Isabela was 18 years old. Sorry. Oh, I probably, I I probably didn't open. Yeah. Oh, no, because I was like, wait, your daughter te acaba de decir that she was sexually abused. Yeah. She was sexually abused oh, when wait. she was younger. During the investigation, her stepfather, Ryan, told police that it seemed that Robert actually made things a lot better and appeared that Isabella was a little bit more calm and she just stayed in her room for the rest of the night. Hmm. I mean, I would say que bueno, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But have, yeah, we know where donde va esto. Yeah. According to Ryan... 
He called the Aurora police a few hours later after the conversation that Robert and Isabella had. Because Isabella had allegedly threatened her mother with an email telling her, quote, you will pay. Aurora police. Wow. Imagine. Wow. Also, I'd like... You are like you basically you had a heart to heart conversation with your dad and everybody seems thinks that you're doing fine. Yeah. And then out of nowhere you turn your back and you send that to your mother. Like her mother was just doing her best to provide for her daughter, give her everything that she wanted, everything that she needed. And she goes ahead and does something like this. I mean it's it's upsetting the nojas porque I mean like you know, we know how hard our parents worked. Y yeah. cuanto lo que, you know, they gave up and everything, todo lo que hicieron para poder darnos todo lo que pudieron darnos y para que ella respondiera así con su mamá. It's like, it's upsetting, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, like, really? Like, you know, like it, a little brat. Like, yeah. Te encabronas because you're just right? like. Porque, porque te pones a pensar, yeah, las, tu mamá está trabajando. Yeah. No, no gana mucho dinero. She's working herself up to like even having more than one job in order to give you what you want. Y todavía le haces eso a tu mamá, haces estos berrinches. It's yeah, por eso algo no está bien ahí. Ella, ella, she was going through. She was having some mental illness, like issues there, because there's just there's a lot more there to it. Which maybe you're probably gonna go through it, or it's yeah. just yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I'm like, there's something. Hay algo ahí. Yeah. Porque actúa así desde chiquita. Yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aurora police officers came to their house and warned Isabella that her mom could kick her out for this behavior. Mind you, she was 18 at this point. Right. So she they kind of reinstated, like, you know, if you don't get your shit together, she can kick you out. On that night, you and me had returned home from work at 9.30 p.m., when she told Ryan that she was going upstairs to take a shower. As the night progressed, Ryan was Ryan had told authorities that he was downstairs eating dinner when he heard a thumping noise coming from upstairs. After hearing the thump, he heard his wife hysterically calling his name from the bathroom. When he tried opening the door to the bathroom, he realized it was locked. At 10.11 p.m., he made an alarming call to 911 reporting that Isabella was beating his wife in a locked bathroom. Oh my God. During the call, he is heard saying that he seems to notice blood streaming from underneath the door. No manches. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no. While on the phone with the dispatcher, he continues to say, that he is unable to open the door and he heard you and me say quote Jehovah and then silent then after a couple of seconds the bathroom door opened Isabella opened the door wearing a pink sports bra and turquoise shorts covered in blood holding a knife in her hand court documents indicate that he saw her walking out of the door straight on looking past him just walking down the stairs and not saying a word not looking at anybody saying anything nothing she just just walked straight out of the house it's almost like she was like in a come on like in a trance yeah yeah when Ryan walked into the bathroom, he found Yumi Hoy, naked body on the floor, lying next to a baseball bat, surrounded by her own blood. He tried to revive Yumi by the CPR, the compressions. Yeah, to see if she was, she she could you know, come back or, or see any sort of life within her. But he said that after a few seconds. He, after doing it, he just didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. The only thing that he could see on her face was her blank stare, just looking at the distance. He tried and tried, but at the end, there was no, no response. 
When police arrived to the scene of the crime, they pronounced Yunmi Hoy dead at the scene. According to the Daily Mail, Isabel fled the home, drove to the nearest H-Mart, which is a Asian market, and went into the woman's restroom and washed her hair in the sink and changed her clothes. Wait, caminó así en la calle, llena de sangre? Uh, no, she drove to the H-Mart. She drove, but she yeah. went in and no la tienda con yeah. su puro, like, with just her bra and the shorts. And shorts, and covered in blood. Wow. So, yeah, so... That's when you know something mm -hmm. no está bien. Exactly. Wow. According to employees of the facility, she told them that she had been raped in Denver, Colorado, and asked them not to call the police because they would come and get her and send her back to her father's house. And she was just scared of her father. So she just didn't want to be placed in that situation. Isabella sabía lo que estaba haciendo. Mm? I mean, para dar esa excusa. Exactly. <sighs> Later on, Police had received an anonymous call detailing that there was a dead body inside of a car. They found no body, but they did find items and the car in a garage parking lot that all linked to Isabel and her mother. Eventually, an undercover cop going around trying to look for Isabella discovered her leaving that same parking garage and began to question her on where she was going and where and her whereabouts. When um, the other undercover cops within the area started approaching her, they all noticed it was her and raised their guns and pointed at her. At this moment, they didn't know if she still had the knife mm. or, or, you know, she was still armed at all. So right. they pointed their guns at her. When police finally tracked Isabella down, and pinned her down, she told police that they had the wrong person. She said that her name was Samantha Gonzalez from Cincinnati, Ohio. When police found her ID, they began to question her, you know, who was this person in the ID? And she replied, it looks like me, but it's not me. It's my twin. Exactly. My evil twin. Exactly. It's like, wow. <sighs> When I read that, I was just like, are you serious? Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Después de decir seis horas de buscar a Isabela, they finally arrested her and sent her to jail for the murder of her mother. Wait, hold on. So the whole time, the six, it took them 16 hours para encontrarla. Yeah. When the murder happened, it was like around 10-ish o'clock. By the time that the murder ended, it was like 10.30-ish. So she left and then she was driving around trying to find somewhere to go. She finally, you know, did her whole thing at H Mart. And then some people said that she, they that the reason that the anonymous call said there was a body inside the car was because she was still wearing that bloody clothes. You know how she had the sports around the shorts and she was covered in blood. They said that she that that's how they saw her in the car. So that's why that's they called scary police. Image. Yeah. Like imagine. I know. an office building. And then out of nowhere, you're you're just, you know, walking to your office or wherever. And you look and you see this car yeah. and a, yeah. Um yeah. according to uh, certain articles that I read, they had said that she estaba tan agotada del adrenaline that she, you know, that she was going through when she was murdering her mom, that when she drove off or whatever, that when she parked in that office um, parking lot, that she just fell asleep. Wow. Yeah. So she was running with so much adrenaline that by the time that everything happened and she got to that place, she just completely fell asleep. It's unbelievable to imaginarte cuánta fuerza le puso, puso ella, hizo ella para matar a su mamá. Yeah. Like, so much force. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's, 
It's so tragic. I know. According to CBS Colorado News, outside of the home after the murder and after capturing Isabella, there were two dumpsters in the front yard. It was filled with stuffed animals, jewelry, and other of Isabella's belongings. There was also pictures of Isabella on the ground of when she was a toddler. According to the um, the news report, they just wanted to get rid of everything that was of Isabella and just didn't want any of her stuff to be in the in the home. It was also said that um, her stepfather didn't want to leave in the home anymore. That he. I mean, that, he, Mm-hmm. That the wow. day, the the day, the day, the, the night that the murder happened, and as soon as they took the report and everything, he just didn't didn't go back into the house ever. Oh yeah, I mean, my, I mean, no me puedo imaginar lo que entrar a esa casa y, y recordar que ahí fue donde murió, bueno, donde mataron a tu esposa, su y propia no hija, y no pudiste hacer nada. Exactly, that's the like, worst part. Una puerta estaba en medio de ellos, de, de ellas y de él. Yeah. That's just, oh man. Ay, no, I pobre, know. pobre señor. Pobre señora, like, de saber que tu hija era la que te estaba lastimando. I know. Robert Guzman told reporters, Isabella is a good kid. She had a good heart. But I don't know what could have happened. Honestly, to provoke this kind of reaction. According to the autopsy, they found 31 stab wounds to the face and 48 stab wounds to the neck. In the original report that they had said that Isabella had stabbed her mother in total of 79 times. But it turns out that it was actually 151 times. Ay, Dios mío. Oh, my God. That's I just... Know. No wonder por eso dijo Ryan que estaba saliendo la sangre de la puerta. Yeah. But that still isn't the end. Isabella then finished her mother off by beating her with a baseball bat. This could only, like, to me, it's like, oh my God. Imagine the rage that she had. Yeah. Coraje. Oh, no. That stabbing her mother wasn't God. even enough. When I, when I read this, it, it completely shattered my heart. Porque te pones a pensar, aparte, o sea, a few stabs are like, that's what you usually hear in typical murder cases. But 51 times? 151. 151 times. Originally, they said it was 79. Yeah. But then to finally discover that it was 151? Plus the beating that she received from a baseball bat. It's Destrozó insane. su cuerpo. Yeah. And that's why there was like so much blood. Yeah. It, it was horrendous. Ojalá y la señora haya muerto way before that. Because el, el dolor de sentir eso, I know. I can't even imagine. At the beginning of her hearing... Channel 9 News reported that Isabella was smiling and made faces to the court cameras. She was held without bond and was facing charges of first-degree murder and two counts of crime of violence. On September 5th, 2013, she was due in court to read her um, the complaints that she was facing. And the, and the charges that they were filing on her. But they delayed this, the, the court hearing because she refused to leave her jail cell. She was basically having a tantrum to leave her jail cell. So on December 2013, Isabella pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity and was sent to a state mental hospital for evaluation. Shortly after the judge reviewed the results of the mental evaluation, he ruled that Isabella was not guilty for reasons of insanity. She had been sent to Colorado Mental Health Institution of Pueblo, 
And in the testimony of Dr. Richard Pounds, he said that Isabella was diagnosed with paranoia schizophrenia. She had suffered highly disturbing delusional delusions for years. According to Richard Pounds, there was obvious signs of hallucination. She was staring into space, having conversations with people who weren't present, and she was laughing at herself. Dr. Richard Pounds also told the court that Isabella didn't believe that Yoon Moy was her mother. According to Dr. Pounds, Isabella believed that she needed to kill the woman by the name of Cecilia in order to save the world. And she viewed her mother as this woman named Cecilia. In her mind, she had to kill Cecilia, aka her mother, yeah. to save the world. Wait, psychologist la diagnosticó with uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Yes. Y dijo que mientras la estaba evaluando y todo, ella hablaba, she was ella, hallucinating yeah. and yeah. Hearing, hearing things and seeing things. Yes. Nunca reportó nadie, el papá Robert, Ryan, nunca reportaron que ella lo habían visto hacer esto antes? Not from my understanding, no. They said that, like, basically from what I from what I captured and what I read from the different mm -hmm. reports is that the, I guess, the the murder of her mother and, and everything that happened just triggered that to come out more. That's what I understand from it, but I, I could be okay. completely wrong. According to the 18th Judicial District Attorney, George Roshel, He said, quote, we punish people who make decisions to do wrong when they knew better and they could have done something differently. And this and in this particular case, I am convinced that based on the evidence that I have seen and the information that were presented in court, that this woman did not know right from wrong and she could have not acted differently than she did. Given the significant schizophrenia and paranoia delusions, audible and visual hallucinations that she has been going through. I am convinced of it, and I felt that this is the interest of justice, that I had to take these steps. The same district attorney said that Isabella would have to be hospitalized in the mental institution until she was no longer a threat to herself or the community. However, this also means that she could stay hospitalized for days, weeks, months, years, or even for the rest of her life. No, I was just going to say, it's just, she was, ella estaba enseñando, like, just a lot of symptoms. Like, she even was. at a young age, you know, porque usually schizophrenia, um, it happens, like, at, at young adulthood. Mm -hmm. um, but she was showing other symptoms, other mental illnesses at a okay. young age. Would Because like, I know that in the beginning you had said like, oh, have they taken her to, you know, get evaluated or, mm -hmm. or, or something. Oh, but like my question is, in your particular field, do you think that her outbursts of rage... And her, I guess, quote unquote, lack of empathy are signs of schizophrenia? She was, I mean, con lo que estaba enseñando, it's, I think in the beginning, cuando decías, you know, she wasn't interested in school, like she, like doing all these things in school, in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe there's so many different things. Could it have been a learned disability, mm -hmm. right? Like, could she have maybe... Because unfortunately, there's kids get they have learned disabilities and they show it out by like, teachers might take it as oh they're misbehaving, no le importa mm -hmm. la escuela, but it's like no, there's something else is going going on. Yeah, um, that's how I was like when you start off with that, I'm like okay maybe she had some like learning disability. Yeah, there was something there, but then once you started saying okay, but then she started showing anger and isolating that's okay maybe it was like more of depression yeah it's um, some form of, of depression and especially lo malo es que sometimes people piensan oh depression cuando preguntas a, le preguntas a alguien okay what makes you like 
what are the signs that you know that someone's depressed? People think, oh, they're like isolating. They're always down. They don't want to get out of bed. You know, those are, yes, those are symptoms. But in children, one of the symptoms is irritability and anger outburst. So she might have been having signs of depression yeah yeah Yeah. i mean especially because of the split of their parents and the fact that like her mother got you know remarried Mm -hmm. um and i do remember that in an article that she she had mentioned that she was depressed yeah but they never fully you know diagnosed her with depression or she like they didn't even in court documents they don't diagnose her with depression the the main you know then the main diagnosis was schizophrenia um and the paranoia paranoia par, paranoia schizophrenia yeah but there was no other signs of depression within the documents which was interesting yeah. that's why i had asked i was like because i know that depression i like certain especially at a young age depression on kids is different than so like, when, you're, yeah. when you're older. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, I was just like, it, it would seem that way that she's yeah. angry and she's, um, and she just kind of held on to that anger uh, in, until her, you know, and so adolescent years. Yeah. yeah. So I, cuando el psicólogo dijo eso, that, you know, maybe this like triggered it more or this just, um, the schizophrenia, because it's really rare for people to develop schizophrenia, like at a really young age. It um is usually it, like these episodes like happen early twenties yeah. like eighteen um so for her she was going through a lot more there was just so much more yeah and probably yeah entre el assessment que le va a hacer el psicólogo va a agarrar más información and then he'll be able to be like oh make those connections like this, yeah there was depression there was other things going on with her. Yeah, and I think one of the things that also I had seen that had triggered her um, her schizophrenia was her opening up to her dad about being sexually abused as a child. And I feel like I had read somewhere that she said that that it wasn't it was an interview they were interviewing. Um, I think it was either a psychiatrist or a. a think it was a psychiatrist that has to deal with like evaluations mm-hmm. and he had said that sometimes childhood trauma can yeah. provoke schizophrenia mm-hmm, exactly. yeah so uh, they said that like i guess like when she talked to her dad and like opened up about her sexual abuse and and everything else that was going on in her life it might have triggered something for her to act out that way and open up that door to show more of her schizophrenia um symptoms um after doing the murder um but you know i don't know i'm i'm just an observer <laughs> oh, y luego también no sabemos si it was like si alguien en la familia tenía schizophrenia like it's just there's so many factors that can yeah that are involved during the rise of tiktok in 2020 during the pandemic Isabella's case began to gain some traction, especially her court appearance. TikTok users began to make video edits glorifying her beauty and her obscure behavior. People started making edits to the song Sweet But Psycho by Ava Max. And if you've heard the song, you know, it's very catching and uplifting and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's a very obscure song. So they would cut um, clips of her, of Isabella's time in court and showed her um, just being this beautiful girl committing such a heinous act. It came to the point that they started um, calling her behavior in court very similar to that of Richard Ramirez. And you know how most of these women were glorifying him and like thinking he was super hot or whatever. Well, they were doing the same thing to Isabella in the comments of, of these videos saying, you know, she's so hot. She's a model. They should let her go. There has Are to be you a serious. Yeah. They were like, there has to be a reason why she's like, there has what to be a reason why, 
they killed her mom or something like that. Like they were literally trying to, uh, trying to, how can I say to justify the, the fact that she was falsely accused in, in jail and in jail for like, for no reason, basically when in fact, they don't know the story behind the case. Oh, wow. It's like right yeah. now I feel like saying ay Dios mío y la persina la gente and tirarles agua bendita because like exactly oh come on people I know uh, and also the court appearance started becoming a trend where people started to reenact Isabella's mannerism in court and would do it in person so. I don't know if you've seen them. Have you seen them? Before? I haven't. No. no uh. Let me. Oh wow! Oh. It it's a it's a trend that they were doing where they would reenact. Wow. Her mannerisms that she was doing in her court appearance. If you've seen videos of her court appearance, she's doing these like gestures to the camera, and the TikTok trend was to do those same exact mannerisms and the same facial expressions that. Isabela was doing in court as a trend. Eso me recuerda, like, cuando in Halloween this año pasado, like, people were trying to dress well. They were dressing as Dahmer. Yes. And I'm like... <sighs> yeah. I'm like, okay, one thing is, like, dressing up as, like, you know, from these other movies, like, Chucky, Scream, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. But another thing is vestirte como una persona verdade, una a real person que mató a personas. Yeah. To me, I was like, okay. It's very disgusting and 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 inhumane in a way. It may it it glorifies a murder. It, it almost gives no sense of empathy to. Her family, because technically it's her family. Her family, yeah. Una cosa de hacer documentarios y hacer estos, like, shows, like, you know, like, these actors are portraying these serial killers. But another one is just making it a trend. Mm -hmm. In November of 2020, Isabella talked to Rick Sal Salinger of CBS 4 News about her mental state saying that she had been heavily medicated in the mental institute and she is ready to rejoin society. In the same interview, Isabella is quoted saying, I was not myself when I did that, and I have since been restored to full health. The fight with my mom was terrible, and I was injured in the process. I have the scars in my hand. I was abused at home by my family for many years. My parents are Jehovah Witnesses, and I left the religion when I was 14. And the abuse at home worsened after I quit. During her time in the hospital, she claimed that she was sexually assaulted by a hospital employee in 2015. She filed a police report, but during the time of the interview, the Colorado Department of Human Services said that they hadn't received a case report of any sexual assault. She ends the interview by saying, If I could change it or if I could take it back, I would. According to CBS Colorado News, in 2021, a judge granted Isabella permission to leave the hospital for group therapy and other types of therapy. However, she would have to wear a GPS ankle tracker when she would leave the hospital. When it came to the sexual assaults within the hospital, the hospital report was difficult to pursue any charges. But based on how it was written and the passive of time, it hasn't had any final conclusion. She then told Rick Salinger that she would like to be released back to society at some point in time. I still can't believe it. I thought that I made progress, but obviously it didn't do nothing because hours later, then this thing happened. I was not myself when I did that. And I have since been restored to full health. If I could change it or if I could take it back, I would. And this was a tragic case of Yoon Mi Hoi and her daughter, Isabella Guzman. So that was the case for this week. Um, definitely an intense case. Uh, when I was doing research on this case, it, it, 
each time I learned something new, it became even more baffling and more surprising and more intense. And to the point that I was like, okay, I need a break. And (laughs) yeah, I I had to do other things because it, it was a lot. I don't even know what to say anymore. I know. It, it, it leaves you speechless. Um, exactly, yeah. Because it goes from this kid just being very rebunctious and like very chaotic, very like a very troublemaker kid to becoming this person with no remorse, no empathy, with no set sense of, I guess, boundaries in a way of respecting her parents or even her mother at the to the extent and just going off and killing her yeah and then and then to have a whole twist of society now that the it's a few years have passed and glorifying her beauty and dismissing her actual actions una cosa de que esté bonita y otra cosa es that you try to justify lo que hizo yeah. like no está bien no yeah. No, nunca confirmaron, no pudieron, bueno, no pudieron confirmar porque dijiste al último que ella había dicho que en su familia después de que decidió dejarlo de la religión que fue abusada, nunca dijo ella, no lo confirmaron o dijeron qué pasó. From my understanding, her when her father talked about it, um, he basically said that the abuse that she talked about wasn't sexually that it was more like like I guess arguments and fights but there is no documentation showing that physical neglect or anything nada así yeah more arguing yeah okay and uh, to me it's it's kind of off-putting because the way she uses abuse it's almost like you don't know what kind of abuse it's it's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's are, are you fighting or are is it sexually and and i think for a while her dad was like even like worried because he didn't understand like he didn't understand if it was like fighting with her mom and her stepdad or was it actual like sexual assault Exactly, porque a lo mejor, por, ya yeah, por eso te preguntaba, porque cuando alguien dice abuso, you immediately piensas, oh, was it sexual, was it physical, was it neglect, was it emotional abuse, like your mind immediately goes a una de esas cuatro, pero no sabemos si a lo mejor como ella lo quiso decir, era más like arguing todos los días, gritándose cada noche, which is not abuse, but it's still it's tiring, like yeah. fighting every single day. It gets, unless la mamá or, or um, stepdad le decían, you're a piece of shit or you're worthless, like the emotional abuse. Yeah. But arguing, it's something very different. Yeah, I think like for the most part, it was very hard to identify what kind okay. of abuse. And okay. also, like I said, like a lot of the, the case itself, um, there's not a lot of information out there because the family themselves have kept very quiet yeah. about it. So yeah, even like her social media, like there is no trace of her social media. There's no trace of any sort of conversation being had. There's, it's very hard to scrape anything out of, out of the information that is out there. Um, so okay. we could always take her, testimony with a grain of salt because at at this point we don't know if she's actually saying something accurately or if it's like if it's part of her schizophrenia yeah like if she's having delusions or yeah yeah exactly but that was the case for this week uh very intense yeah um but we open up the conversation to you guys uh, we want to know if you, what are your thoughts on this case? Uh, if you think the parents should have looked into, a, you know, therapy or counseling of any sorts when she was younger or when she grew older. Um, I know that, you know, when it comes to pain for therapy or counseling or, or any sort of uh, mental health um, help, it's, it's, 
it, it comes with a cost. It can be expensive. Yeah, yeah. and um, I don't blame the parents for probably not having the income to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, do you think there's other ways for them to, you know, look for that help? Um, so we open up the conversation to you guys. We want to know what your thoughts are on this case um, or the previous cases. We're also open to having conversations on those. Um, yeah, a veces, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, también, like, a veces, lo, me imagino, no sé, no sé, I'm not in their, in their head, pero los papás, me imagino, de verla así de chiquita, a lo mejor pensaron, oh, she's just... She's being a kid. Se le va a pasar. Uh, yeah, like, or she'll grow out over. of it. Yeah, yeah. She'll, get, she'll grow out of it. Va a estar bien. And, which también, I mean, there a possibility que pensaron que iba a cambiar. Y ya cuando yeah. se dieron cuenta, it probably yeah, got out of hand. Yeah, because at some, at some point you're just like, uh, you know, when it, like, when do you take your kid to therapy? When is it the right time? Um or because imagine like if it was like if she had to open up about the fact that she got sexually abused as a kid uh, like how would have they known you know like you said like sometimes these certain depression or behaviors don't come out as depression or schizophrenia it comes out as anger rage so i feel like parents don't have the tools sometimes to understand the difference between a tantrum and an actual problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we open up the conversation to you guys. Um, our DMs are open. Our tweets are open. Facebook messages are open. Um, we would like to know your thoughts on it. Uh, we are, you could find us on our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at, at SVSM underscore podcast. Or you could look us up on Facebook at Sovelentus Macabro Podcast. Um, also, if you want to listen to the previous episodes, we have 57 episodes. Um, just type in on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, uh, Sovelentus Macabro Podcast, and we will pop up. Um, and yeah, uh, talk to us there. Uh, we are one more episode down before season two ends, yep. which we are excited. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. Recuerden, regresamos el segundo de marzo. Yes. So we will be on hiatus from February 2nd to March 2nd, um, which is a whole month. And uh, we will be doing research, creating content for you guys. Um, and yeah, we, we will. We need that little break. <laughs> um but yeah uh hope you guys enjoyed your week and uh talk we to you guys soon we can't wait to hear from you guys uh talk to you guys next week bye bye stay spooky <laughs>